0: State Sycamores are tournament champions, The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference Tournament Champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Are you S-R-E-U! 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 Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference.
1: Coming off the heels of the uh, Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball season, uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to sit down with uh, my boss, <laughs> Commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, Doug Elgin. I guess, uh, Doug, uh, I guess first off, uh, I wanted to talk to you about a number of different things here, uh, but the last time we actually had the chance to talk uh, was when the uh, the Valley on ESPN3, uh, we just came off the press conference in Chicago and everything like that, um, the first season in the books of us doing the men, the men's and women's basketball games and the volleyball matches on ESPN3, your sort of first-year thoughts on how that went and uh, the Valley jumping in with both feet for the Valley on ESPN3.
0: Well, I, I think it was a great year for us, uh, Derek. We, we radically expanded our coverage of uh, our tele, televised events. Uh, we did 320 televised events this year on ESPN3, exclusively for distribution on ESPN3, um, coupled with the other the breakthrough of getting CBS Sports Network to carry eight games in the regular season and our tournament semifinals and, of course, the CBS extension of the championship game, uh, not to mention all the additional exposure we got from ESPN through the multi-team events. I think it was a huge year for our television. Uh, uh, and, I, and I give credit to our president's council for committing to the investment they made in the uh, – the campus built out with the, uh, all the infrastructure uh, needed for the production of those events and certainly the academic units and the athletic departments for what they did to uh, produce all those games on campus, even during the month of December when students were, were home. A lot, of, a lot of the productions were done with student personnel and uh, I think that bodes well for our future.
1: I heard personally a lot of uh reaction from coaches and student athletes that were they you know excited that their parents got to watch a lot of things and that didn't, that they did not usually get to watch. Did you hear any of that feedback directly from anybody in particular?
0: I did and you know it came from faculty reps uh from presidents uh on campuses and at certainly uh, a lot of alums and fans uh, sent emails praising um, the institutions for for the production of these games and it really has uh, put us in a position where every game uh, and every sport that's sponsored in the MVC will be televised, I think, two or three years down the road, and we're going to grow those numbers. This year, as you said, volleyball, basketball, basketball w- was produced and some other events. Uh, this spring uh, we're going to see some softball and baseball events that are produced, and next year we go full bore on on soccer, men's and women's soccer and softball and baseball uh, in addition to the, the indoor court sports.
1: All right. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned basketball, and one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you, now that uh, our men's basketball season has completed, uh, I guess first off, uh, when you look back at the 2015-16 year, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you look back at this past basketball season for the Missouri Valley Conference?
0: Well, I think, I think it starts with um, a review of our tournament, our men's tournament, Arch Madness, uh, the State Farm MVC tournament. And for the 14th straight year, we had we had total attendance of 50,000 or more. Um, that's that's uh, impactful, and, and you look at what that tournament has become uh, to St. Louis for the fans that come in, uh, for the hospitality industry and the businesses in the downtown area and in the region. Uh, it's been a win-win relationship for both the valley and and the city of St. Louis. Uh, we had great games this year, um, as exciting as any I can remember. Um, classic upset in the semifinals with Northern Iowa beating Wichita State. Uh, and certainly the game, the championship game, was one of the all time great moments in, in the league with West Washman hitting a, a jumper from the top of the key with no time remaining on the clock to, to defeat Evansville. Uh, great year for Evansville, uh, disappointing in that they did not make postseason play, uh, and certainly Northern Iowa will we'll discuss that, I'm sure, but uh, they, th- that started the, the epic run that they had in the NCAA tournament.
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the things that sort of got a lot of people's attention was the quality of seniors that we had in the league. Uh, you start in Wichita State, uh, Ron Baker, Fred VanVleet, we've talked a lot about Egidius Miscaviges and DJ Ballantine at Evansville. Uh, Devon Akum Purcell Illinois State I mean we can go down the list There's so many talented guys Uh, In your time as as leading this conference Do you remember uh, such a star-studded senior class That we've had Sort of uh, leave their mark on the valley In the way that these guys have
0: I can't, Derek, and you look at the, the first and second team all-conference uh, selections and only one sophomore in that group and nine seniors on those, the, the top ten positions. And when you look at really and truly, I, I can't imagine that we've had a stronger group of seniors than we had this year, and, and certainly that's why we had such, uh, such success uh, in postseason play based on the senior class.
1: All right, and you mentioned postseason play. Let's jump into that now. Um, let's start with uh, Wichita State. Uh, they got an at-large bid, um, of course, the regular season champion for the Valley, um, playing in the first four. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a shocker, but the, they, they uh, got that matchup with Vanderbilt and able to get the win. Um, I guess as a commissioner, when you look at the Shockers and then having that opportunity, um, your reaction to, to them being selected for the first four and then just their run mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament?
0: Well, I think uh, I think there was some disappointment, relief that they got in because you never know when you're going into selection week uh, if you've got teams on the bubble, whether or not you're going to get a team in. And, and Woodstock State overcame overcame a great deal of adversity this year for the first time, really in the in the in the Wessel Baker Van Vliet era uh, with injuries early on. Uh, you know, Anton Grady got the spinal concussion in Orlando. Um, Fred Van Vliet missed. Better part of six games, and they, they lost four of those games uh, in the early going, and that put them in a position where they had to make a great run in the in the Missouri Valley regular season uh, to to be in position to, to lock down a bid. Um, they were an 11 seed. Uh, I think most of the the um, ex- so-called experts, uh, the prognosticators, were projecting them as an eight or a nine seed. So there was some disappointment with that. Uh, they did. Beat a Vanderbilt team that tied for third place in the SEC, um, and after that game, which was a Tuesday night in Dayton, they took a flight that got them into Providence at 5 a.m. for a day of press conferences and practice, and then a Thursday uh, meeting with Arizona. I thought they absolutely dismantled Arizona, played great basketball, and uh, you know they they ended up uh, losing the next game. Um, disappointing, but but yet understandable that they they. Uh, had, had a great run, and not only this year, but the four-year run that those seniors led, the senior class uh, that included Anton Grady and, and Bushwa Makota, uh, they won 120 games in those four years. Impressive. Went, went to a Final Four, three consecutive uh, regular season titles in the Missouri Valley, and certainly uh, what they did to raise the bar. Uh, raise the profile of the of the Missouri Valley is matches any I think any dynasty of any teams that have that have come before them in our long history. Uh, Northern Iowa, on the other hand, uh, kind of a roller coaster ride for yeah. them this year, with a win over the number one ranked team in the con- in the country, North Carolina, at Cedar Falls, and a win over Iowa State uh, in December, uh, and a two and six start in the conference, which was perplexing to, to the to the uh, casual fan. But they turned that around. I think they won 11 of the last 12. Uh, and what happened to them in Oklahoma City was um, the, maybe the all-time high in postseason for their program, certainly, with a buzzer beater by Paul Jesperson to beat Texas, uh, followed by a game that will be long remembered for the uh, the great comeback that Texas A&M staged to, to, to overcome a, a big deficit in the last minute to win that game. So disappointing, certainly, for the, the seniors. Uh, I was most impressed with the way that Ben Jacobson yeah. and his guys handled it and they 've been getting a lot of kudos for the the, the classy way in which they 've credited texas a and m and haven 't uh, cried in their their coca cola so to speak uh, in the aftermath of that. but I do think that that um, what northern Iowa did was was certainly tremendous this year, the achievements they had, and certainly the four year achievements of, of Wichita State kind of frame. The modern era for, for the Missouri Valley.
1: I was going to ask you. You were there with Northern Iowa, um, and I don't know if you were. Did you go into the post game or not? With oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, I, I did not go into the locker room. Um, I thought that was a, an extremely private moment sure. for the team, and and uh, I thought the way that that um, Jesperson and, and Bohannon and Wes Washman handled the post game, uh, again gracious and and um, very disappointing. And you saw some emotion from those guys, but I think all in all. Um, it said good things about the, that program and the way in which those, those young guys accepted that defeat.
1: Now that we got that out of the way, let's look towards the future now. Um, next year, it could be a, a different-looking valley, um, so to speak, uh, turning the page to the 2016-17 season. Um, we know with the, the TV in place now, we've got some things solid that will help the conference grow uh, in terms of visibility. But now with the on-the-court product, what do you think might happen? I know we were uh, discussing uh, before we started the, the uh, preseason sort of early, early look mm-hmm. at how teams might shape up. But, I mean, obviously we can't tell that. Uh, there's so much to be, so much work to be done going into the next fall. But uh, any early ideas of what might happen? And I know we always talk about the uh, multi-team events to get our team's uh, non-conference opportunities in, in play in the holiday tournaments. How do you uh, foresee uh, next year looking for uh, the conference?
0: Well, I think we, we do have a great lineup of, of multi-team events. We've got three teams that are playing in the ESPN regional events, the uh, Diamond Head, I think the, uh, the AdvoCare Invitational in in Orlando and the Charleston Classic, uh, and, and the others are in, in good events as well. Um, non-conference uh, schedule strength is going to be up again, I think, with Mountain West Challenge going into a second of a four-year term. Uh, and I th- and I do think that our that our coaches and athletics directors are doing the best they can to get uh, st- strategically schedule their non conference games. Uh, we will f- feel the loss of this great senior class without question. You know, ten guys that that certainly played a huge role this year and in, uh, in the success of the league. But I do see a lot of hope with a lot of returnees and the juniors, among juniors and sophomores. Guys that are going to step into the shoes of the, of the departed uh, seniors. And I do think that our league probably is going to be uh, once again led by, which I stayed in the preseason polls, to, you know, projecting the Shockers to win another regular season championship. But I do think that we've got some programs on the rise. And, and the key there is keeping coaches in place. Uh, we've been able to do that the last couple of years every year you hear uh rumors among media and others that that we may lose coaches and i think that's a a tribute to the the programs in our league when they talk about the greg Marshall's, ben jacobson's greg lansings and so on uh being attractive to other division one institutions
1: all right well appreciate your time that's all i got for you but uh Hopefully that means uh, the future is bright for the Valley. That's what Adam had even said with uh, the quality of freshman that have been forced into play. Hopefully that leads to good things down the road. So we'll see how it turns out in 16 17.
0: Thank you, Derek. The administrators, educators, coaches, and fans of the Missouri Valley Conference expect nothing but the best from their teams. And the Valley student-athletes take pride in exceeding that expectation. On the field, on the court, on the track, and in the classroom. Celebrating academic and athletic excellence for more than 100 years, this is the Missouri Valley Conference.
1: Back here on the Inside the Valley podcast and just finishing up with uh, Commissioner Doug Elgin. Now, I guess we can call this the inner office episode because now I'm joined by Senior Associate Commissioner Patty Viverito. And Patty, I just got through talking to Doug about the regular season for the men's basketball and we talked about Arch Madness. Uh, big thing for this year for the women's basketball, uh, our tournament in the Quad Cities, and uh, I think we can all call it a, a success based on the things we've read out of Moline and the Quad Cities and how they've reacted up there. But um, I guess... You, your reaction to the first year at iWireless and in Quad Cities? Well,
2: it's nice to know that uh, neutral site point two <laughs> went really well. Um, you know, the most important thing is that we found another neutral site, which was paramount. We really wanted to remain on a neutral site, but we wanted to find a site that um, wanted to partner with us in a more meaningful way, and we found that in every way, shape, and form with our friends in the Quad Cities.
1: I think uh, one of the things that some folks don't realize is we've made a couple of different trips up there as a staff and going back to uh, the very first one, the site visit, and then the press conference, and then the logo unveiling, and uh, the spring meetings, all those different times we were there, they've had the court down, they've done something for us, and we didn't even have basketball until we had the double header. So they've been rolling out the red carpet and rolling out the red carpet. It's kind of amazing how they've sort of embraced and taken ownership of the event uh, in that area alone by themselves. I
2: feel like we've been there for years, (laughs) and in some sense we have. We just hadn't played basketball until, again, we did the trial run uh, in the facility with our – you know our, our doubleheader, which we had uh, featuring the Missouri Valley against a couple of MAC teams, that went really well. To make sure that any hiccups that we might have experienced in a new building happened in that setting rather than during tournament time when it's you know a much bigger crisis. And I was especially pleased with not just the lessons that we learned from that, but the extra steps they took from that experience to spruce up the facility even more. Um, than what we even asked them to do. Uh, the example that I give that really struck me as I walked into the building uh, for the tournament this year was they laid down carpeting all around mm-hmm. the court, which uh, they didn't do for the challenge. And we had a little bit of a moisture problem. And instead of just you know throwing down a few runners and dealing with that on a, on a sort of a piecemeal basis, they went ahead and invested uh, pretty big dollars into yeah. making the place not just look good but operate great.
1: Before I even talk about the basketballs, the other thing that I thought was really cool is that all the extra stuff that they did, not only to make the teams feel at home, we had welcome groups and things like that when the teams got to town, but also in the facility during the tournament, um, they you know, they grabbed the trophy from us. They wanted the fans to take pictures with it. They had a little fan zone going on. They did a bunch of extra stuff during the tournament to sort of give it a, a little livelier atmosphere and really wanted to make the fans, not only from our school, but in to pull in the fans from that local community, they really show them the entertainment value as well. They
2: capitalized in on promotions every single Day of the tournament. Uh, the first night was a Thursday night, and you know those opening rounds mm-hmm. tend to be pretty sparsely attended, um, even under the best of circumstances. You know they're playing games, but you know we have our our awards ceremony that night, and they they built a stage for us to make it look bigger and better um, than it had been in the past. They uh, they made it a, a, a throwback night, and they sold two dollar beers <laughs> to our adults in the audience, and so again they tried to make it really special. And then that continued on with, you know, Friday with our traditional bingo day. But uh, they managed the, uh, the you know, the, the prize booth and they added prizes of their own and they really got into it and enjoyed it. But then th- what you referenced was the fan zone. I thought that that was such a big step forward in making our event special and that they put up inflatables and they had face paintings and, you know, place for, for – you know, kids and, and adults to do posters of their favorite teams and again they just did it upright and they had that going on on both Saturday and Sunday and then Saturday they even brought in a couple of local high school coaches and put on clinics before times, and then between games on Saturdays the semifinals so you know talk about again rolling out the red carpet in every way imaginable
1: of course uh Drake and Northern Iowa, high seeds in the tournament. Missouri State won the tournament as the three seed. uh, But we had huge crowds in blue and and in purple there. Um, And, of course, Drake came up short. Missouri State beat Northern Iowa in the championship game. But uh, those three fan bases had a good number of folks there. Um, When you think about that, uh, Missouri State winning, and we heard their fans saying, you know, we're not in St. Charles, a little bit farther from us. Them winning probably had to make them, you know, go back and tell fans in Springfield, Hey, besides the team, we really felt at home. Did you get any of that feedback from the fans there that heard about uh, how they felt in the Quad Cities?
2: I did. You know, the first day or two, there were some grumblings. That was a long drive for Lady Bears fans. But they have a history of traveling well and supporting their teams in in ways that – you know, all of our teams should should uh, should follow. You know, should should try to 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 be that good a fan base as they have at, at the Lady Bears. Um, by the end of the tournament, I think they grew to love uh, the Quad Cities uh, and that walkability of the downtown Moline area uh, as much as we did when we made our very first site visit.
1: Anything you can think of for uh, year two to get ready for? Anything uh, that pops in your head that's like... Of
2: all the things that went right, you know, we still have probably two or three pages of little details and suggestions of how we can tweak it and make it better. Um, and again, it's it's hard to think anything big picture that needs to, to change. I think what we really need to do now, year two, is build on the success we had. You, you noted that we had some, you know, Pretty nice fan bases um, from three of our schools. Two of those were from schools that had pretty easy travel distances Mm -hmm. and pretty good pretty good seasons, we need to try to get all 10 of our teams to embrace this event and then to have those that did have a good fan following, you know, grow it, double it. Um, I do not think it is all unrealistic to think that we can't fill the lower bowl of that arena, not just with our fans, but with the Quad City fans.
1: Should be interesting how we can grow this thing. It was a fun time of year one, so hopefully we can make year two even better.
2: Well, we have three years uh, for a contract, year one in the books, year two well into the planning stages already. And, again, we just hope it grows exponentially each year.
1: All right. That's Patty Verito, Senior Associate Commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference, talking women's basketball. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been the Inside the Valley Podcast.